Supercharge your deal building experience with Accelerate My Deal when connected across AutoTrader and KBB.com listings and Dealer.com websites. It helps deliver predictive and personalized experiences for you and your consumers. Book your NADA demo today. Welcome to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Friedlander, Associate Editor of Auto Remarketing and Cherokee Media Group. And we're coming to you from the Ship Your Cars Now main podcast stage during the Used Car Week conferences here at the lovely Weston Pierland Resort in Scottsdale, Arizona. Our guest for this episode is Colin Tran, Executive Vice President of Corporate Affairs for Trust Science, a provider of AI-powered credit scoring and decisioning solutions. Alan, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Always a pleasure. So you've come a long way in a short time at Trust Science, rising from a media relations and marketing intern to Executive Vice President in two and a half years, which amazes me. Tell us about that journey and how you made that happen. You know, really, it's been a focus on our clients. It's been a focus on understanding the industry that we're in. I was fortunate to be kind of right place, right time for a few opportunities. Had a lot of great mentorship from the team at Trust Science. We've got a a really phenomenal group of industry leaders that have really taken me under their wing and helped me grow as a young professional. And that really accelerated that journey from just focusing on marketing to starting to engage with a few client engagements to now having a fair number of those as well as engaging with a number of our industry stakeholders and government stakeholders. So that's been really the the core of that journey. Okay. You and uh, Trust Science founder and CEO Evan Krapko just presented a workshop here at Used Car Week an hour ago or so talking about what's happening in non-prime auto lending in the U.S. and Canada. Can you give us a brief recap of what key issues and trends are shaping that market and, and how different is the outlook in, in the two countries? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I'll say the U.S. and Canada are substantively similar markets in terms of most of the macroeconomic factors. Most of the, call it, overall trends are substantively similar. So there's not too much of a huge difference between them. There is a factor there with respect to, you know, sort of the dealer market. Uh, and how that influences the finance companies. But when we look at, just call it the overall data, by and large, it's going to be one and the same. The key issue that we found is you need to look a little bit deeper than call it surface level data. If we were to look just at interest rates, just at inflation, or just at employment, or even bankruptcy, you're seeing a lot of stability starting to happen now in the market. And if we look a little bit deeper into that and look at some of the other factors that are at play within the space, we start to realize that there is a threat uh, and a very credible threat of the Fed continuing to raise rates. There is a very credible threat happening with the fall in uh, used car valuations. And consequently, and actually, sorry, relatedly, we've seen, uh, for whatever reason, auto loans actually increase by 4% over the last quarter. And that yields a lot of potential concerns for loan-to-value that yields a lot of potential concerns for downstream recovery. And when we're seeing now at a time of actually record highs for uh, default rates across the board in subprime and even in prime, we are now really going to start seeing how lenders behave in terms of their collections behavior, their continued origination behavior. We're anticipating we're going to see a few players start to exit the market. We saw 
Bank of Montreal exit the Canadian market um, earlier this year, and I anticipate they won't be the last. That is certainly an area, but we're going to also see lenders be able to make a land grab at this point in time as some of these bigger players start to see the market. What we're going to find most likely is the ones that are successful in gaining that market share are going to be the ones that are best at being able to adapt to these rapid changes and find the borrowers that I guess have historically not been served by any lender and find the ones that are still credit worthy within that space. So there were a couple of things that I know you talked about that I found interesting. First, the idea that non-prime consumers are fundamentally different from the rest of the economy. Can you explain what, what you mean by that? Yeah, I think first and foremost, when we look at macroeconomic data, especially the ones that are publicly available, they do look at the economy, as is suggested, as a whole. And when we do really look at this, the non-prime market is, you know, kind of, it's a small slice of that. And it's a substantively different population than prime and super prime, which, you know, say is roughly going to be 60-ish percent of the market. And so the impact and the implications of the same statistical set and data set is going to be different on consumers that are already squeezed. And so when we look at something like bankruptcies that are happening, well, even though it's still fairly flat, you're going to see that that's going to be predominantly subprime. Interest rate hikes, while it's not going to be, you know, actually might not be as relevant to the subprime borrower in terms of behavior, because the rates are already about as high as it's going to get. You're not you know, but it will have a squeeze on, say, you know, the subprime lenders in terms of cost of capital. Things like inflation are going to really be magnified, especially as it relates to core inflation. What, uh, what we shared during the presentation, rent, food, and energy, so your, your fuel, are still at, you know, they're still quite high. We haven't really seen a stabilization in those three key areas. And as a result, we're going to see those near-prime and non-prime consumers really have so, some struggles to make ends meet. And that's where we're seeing correlations to those high default rates. And so while at the end of the day, non-prime consumers behave similarly to everybody else, because they're already in a slightly more precarious position, we do need to take a slightly different lens when we look at the same macroeconomic data to better understand how that's going to shift their behavior. Gotcha. Yeah, another thing that I caught my attention was was the idea that while volatility in the market increases risks, it also presents opportunities. So what's the key to finding those opportunities and taking advantage of them? Yeah, I think the really critical piece is understanding that a lot of players that are upstream, right, in prime and super prime are starting to tighten. And so there's borrowers that were previously served by those individuals that, those institutions, I should say, that are no longer being served by them. So there's opportunities for subprime to start moving a little more near prime to defray some of the anticipated credit loss that are happening a little further downstream. Equally, there's opportunities for those that are playing in prime to engage in trying to find those call it the good borrowers, those invisible primes, as we so often like to say. For the sub, for across the board, in terms of keys, we're finding that lenders are starting to engage in more seamless digital forms of, of income and employment verification. We really are finding the importance of artificial intelligence and machine learning in terms of being able to adapt to these economic changes, learn from those economic changes, and produce new decisioning models rapidly. And systems that just allow lenders and, you know, for dealers that are lending themselves, the ability to 
make small but quick shifts themselves without relying on, say, you know, a several month process in order to process that change. We were finding that's incredibly important to allow them to respond to, call it micro indicators that are happening across the board. And that's really set a, a few lenders apart in addition to being able to apply those up and downstream into their marketing as well as into their portfolio management. That's great information, Colin. I really appreciate it. Before we go, can you tell our listeners how they can contact you and where they can find more information about Trust Science? Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to visit our website, www.trustscience.com. My email address is colin, C-O-L-I-N, dot tran, T-R-A-N, at trustscience.com. Looking forward to hearing from a few folks and uh, would love to hear everybody's thoughts on where the economy is going and how that's going to be impacting the subprime market. All right. Well, Colin, thank you again for being with us. We really appreciate you uh, bringing your insights to uh, everyone here at Used Car Week and for uh, sharing them on the on our podcast. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. And that's our episode for today. If, if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the show, you can visit our website at autoremarketing.com and click on the podcast tab for our library or subscribe through your podcast platform. For the entire team at Cherokee Media Group, I'm Andrew Friedlander. Thanks for listening to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. Supercharge your deal building experience with Accelerate My Deal when connected across AutoTrader and KBB.com listings and dealer.com websites. It helps deliver predictive and personalized experiences for you and your consumers. Book your NADA demo today.